What's up, listeners of the Insider in Omaha podcast? This is Tyson Compton. I am super pumped today to check in on a favorite person of mine in Omaha. His name is Mike Moylan. He is a figurehead of uh, Omaha development uh, on the urban side as well as some of the uh, residential, but mainly focusing on the space of downtown Omaha. He is somebody I've admired for a long time, but they have been responsible for massive projects in Omaha and its growth of the Capitol District, the Key Lion Building, which is the newest one they're working on right now. He's done the Paxton Renovation Hotel. Uh, and what an individual that I would just admire and look up to in terms of how he approaches life. You can just tell this guy is a rock star of an individual and somebody I look up to. Can't wait for you guys to hear this interview. Yeah, one other thing, guys, just really quick. If anybody who's watching this, I feel like every podcast I've ever learned from or watched the way I've learned about it or watched it is because someone shared it on social media or my friend told me about it or Tyson sent it to me on text. The only way this is going to grow is word of mouth. So if you find any value in this, you like this podcast at all, drop a quick share on your social media, text it to a friend, tell a friend about it. We really appreciate it. That's the only way it's going to grow. Um, so without further ado, let's get on the podcast. So you just so you have your uh, phone on speed dial from city council just like that every day. <laughs> you said city hall, city, city hall. hall. Council, Sorry, was, you probably had, you don't want that one. Yeah, yeah, that was Steve Curtis, the finance director. Okay, and um, there's just a lot of things that we've seen in the world that you know we're uh, we like to share what we know right. with them, and we have something we're going to volunteer to talk about on some of the projects that they have going. Good. Sweet. Do you have it? <clears throat> Oh my gosh, that's gonna sound terrible on, on, on record. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, has Omaha been really good, or has it always been really good about crosstalk like that between City Hall and and the developers and just people that have a little pulse on the on the uh, macro economics of the city? Yeah. So we were very fortunate that a lot of the people in the planning department were really committed to an urban Omaha. For instance, some of the people that. A few of them left are actually working at City Hall, but when they first started working at the city, they planted those trees that are out in front of Toads. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. They personally, yeah. They were, on a weekend, they were so excited about trying to make some things happen for downtown and specifically the old market, which was the cornerstone of mm -hmm. where our people's interest in downtown started um, in recent recent. Yeah. Uh, but it was really funny to hear that these guys were down there planting those trees themselves to That's make that cool. happen. <laughs> so they were committed to that. But then on top of that, more importantly, everybody's education and everybody's time and effort that they've spent to learn about urban development, it has been a collaboration. It's awesome. Um, I think the any city development, especially in its urban area, it's a journey. Yeah. Okay. It's never stopping. You know, yeah. if you go to Chicago, New York, there's cranes and True. everything happening. And so it's clearly a journey that has to happen mm -hmm. on both the public and private side. Yeah. And uh, we've had some uh, really good people in City Hall over the years that recognized mm -hmm. and invested in the fact that a strong urban core is far and away one of the best things for the future of a city. Yeah. How, uh, how imperative is it or how much does it change depending on who the mayor is? Like how much of that leadership? Um, our, we've been very fortunate with Mayor Stothert. She's yeah. been fantastic. She's uh, recognizes public private partnerships mm -hmm. and uh, she's been able to bring in the right people at the right mm -hmm. time to make some things happen. And she's been fortunate too, to have the philanthropic community we yeah. have that has uh, stood behind her on a lot of things. That's cool. So that's clearly a great mm -hmm. collaboration, yeah. but I was around with Hal Dobb too. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, he was uh, one of the instrumental things to make things happen in the Union Pacific Yards yep. and the Gallup campus and yeah. things like that. And those were huge, huge things to happen at the time and big milestones yeah. for, for downtown. The um, 
UP yards were just north of downtown. Mm -hmm. And uh, when Union Pacific uh, gave those or sold that back to Omaha or whatever the case would be, it basically doubled the footprint of what downtown was, which kind of allowed the capital district to be in the middle of everything. Yeah. If without that, it would have been on the fringe Mm -hmm. of downtown. Yeah. Then it turned out to be right in the middle of it when you put the Civic Center and Convention Center and Arena. Well, and just like thinking about the scale, uh, the capital district is south of like the the event center and the baseball stadium, and then we have no dos going north. That I mean, we're getting legitimate districts and pre- like square less than square mile blocks of stuff that is going on down there, and it's all filtering back down to the original, which is the um, you know the old market, which is kind of where it all started, right? Yes. Well, one of my favorite things to say, and I say it often, is blocks downtown are like miles out west. Uh, yeah. So if you want to live by West Roads Mall and you're a mile away, life is great. Yeah. You're back and forth all the time. Ten miles away, not so much. Not at all. Downtown, if you're moving downtown for your office, you're a block, you're a block away. away, life is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ten yeah. blocks, not so much. <laughs> yeah. Then you put in one-way streets and patterns and extra stoplights and stuff. Um, you know, it can really add to that a lot. But for the most part, it's a good paradigm. Yeah. That, like a Northwest of downtown yeah. will be like 132nd and Fort. Yeah. Where, uh, whereas 114th and Dodge might be by the interstate yeah. or whatever. Hmm. So it's um, it's really a really helps a lot to frame what you're thinking about when huh. you talk about urban development. That's cool. Hmm. Never thought of that way, but that does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Would uh, is there some other cities that you guys have um, taken a liking to that you that you're like, gosh, I really like how they do this. They do a great. Their planning department's exceptional. I kind of, as we kind of grow and develop as a, as a city. Uh, Shamrock has not so much, but uh, my company, Shamrock Development, but um, the city of Omaha has found some that there's patterns and things happening that you can kind of emulate. I guess I would probably say Kansas City by proximity, Mm -hmm. but it's also twice as big. Yeah. Population-wise. Yeah. yeah, And and Omaha is more of an agrarian economy where they had a big manufacturing economy. So they just have a different economy um, Mm. over the last hundred years, yeah, I'll say, or yeah. 75 years. Um, but Indianapolis is a town that I think is similar to Omaha now because they have a lot of philanthropic support okay. and they have a lot of good things going for it in yeah. terms of economic and um, and uh, city growth mm-hmm. initiatives. So I, I would probably put uh, oh, that's cool. Indy yeah, and uh, Omaha and Indy is similar. Hmm. Just a question because it's always been like a almost like a uh, monstrous thing to think about to me. You mentioned to us before we started this that you were a broker before you got in development. How did you make that transition from a broker to a developer? Because that seems like a monstrous task. To yeah. Me, to get um, well, in high school, I worked at a hardware store. Mm-hmm. Saks, you name it, we got at hardware at Dyson <laughs> Center, which many, I don't know, it's been a while, so not everybody remembers anymore. Anyways, it was my favorite job. I like tinkering with things. Yep, I like yep. the tools mm-hmm. and it was fun and stuff like that. College, I worked for my landlord to pay my rent so I could live try to get out of college and live for free. And exactly. And I had some friends whose father was a developer in the Chicagoland area hmm. and uh, they had a nice life. And so when I came back, I kind of knew I wanted to be in real estate. Yeah. And, um, I thought the best way to learn was to be a broker. So I went straight into commercial real estate at the time. What year was that? Um, 1987. Okay. So just on the tail end of all the high interest rates, just got out of that whole mess. Well, you I, still been I got in with the RTC, mm-hmm. which nobody here would know, with the Resolution Trust Corporation, which was a government entity to bail out the savings and loans oh, wow. at the time. So it really did affect the economy. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> back then it was commission only, like, you know, and so for a while I moved back home with my parents yeah, in yeah, my sure. early 20s for 
uh, months and years, yep. not years, but yeah. uh, for a little while because, yep. hey, the economy was bad and I didn't want any more debt. <laughs> totally. And, yeah. uh, so anyways, uh, then I was a broker then, commercial broker for quite a few years. And um, then a while back, I was trying to find a building to invest in and I wanted, and I was looking at some midtown duplexes and stuff and I got aced out on a few deals. And then mm -hmm. I came across this building downtown and just kind of fell in love with it. And that was kind of the beginning at 10th and Dodge where Nosh and 1000 Dodge events wow. is. That was in 1994. Uh, we bought that building from a family who was basically just trying to get rid of it. And what did you do with the building? At the time, Back then. I, um, I cleaned it all up and um, did a lot of work there myself. And then, yep. you know, brought it in to make it leasable and ended up leasing some to uh, a carpet store. And uh, then I cleaned up upstairs and had a couple warehouse projects. And I actually put an apartment for myself there on the corner. Mm, and so I moved down there. Uh, There's only two or three people within two or three blocks uh, down there at that time wow. living. And uh, that was before the UP yards and yeah, the yep. arena and um, all this. Very industrial down there. Kind yeah. of a, I remember uh, our engineer, he said to me when, when I was, buying the buildings like what do you want to be way over there on dodge by yourself for and i'm like <laughs> i don't know i think it's an exit ramp somebody will want to be there yeah. so it was a relevant question though at the time because there wasn't that much going on over, yeah. uh, uh, north of the gene Leahy mall yeah so that got your foot in the door yeah that was the first developing. thing and then um as time went on um we um when I, when the arena convention center and all, I lived there for about 10 years and then the arena convention. Oh, center. you lived in that one spot for 10 years. Yeah. Wow. Uh -huh. You've been 10. urban that long. You've been downtown that long. Yeah. You've Have never you ever moved out of there? About 94. Wow. Well, I moved out of that <laughs> space for a, a couple places while we were building. We then ended up uh, renovating the building and adding it, turning it into condominiums, yep. yeah. adding a floor and things mm -hmm. like that. So we, um, I moved to an apartment in the old market for a while during that. And then now we live at ninth and Dodge, my wife, and we have mm -hmm. yep. twin boys that mm -hmm. are 10. Yeah. So, I have not moved away from that area for since wow. 94. <laughs> is there any pull to wow. go a little more uh, suburban or you still love it down there like you just like you did the beginning? Well, when the kids were younger, when they were like one or two, all of my realtor friends were sending me all these I listings yeah. all over Omaha, just assuming because <laughs> yeah. um, uh, most people have not hung out downtown that long with uh, a family. Yeah. But we're, um, we just were committed to it and liked yeah. it and it's fun and I remember there not too long ago, the boys were like, hey, when we move, we'd like to have a backyard. And we're like, well, you're not moving. We're not really moving, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, you know, we have a little extra, we have a nice space. We yeah. have plenty of space in our place. But I was explaining, well, hey, the Gene Leahy Mall, that's your front yard. Yeah. And mm -hmm. now we're going to have a science center, a yeah. world renowned science center in our that's backyard. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, and we've over the years, we go to the children's museum at the drop of a yep. hat. Yeah. yeah. Walk through the mall. My wife loves that. Children's so museum. it's a good life. You're close to the zoo. I mean, there's a lot of stuff mm -hmm. going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Miss out on the yard, but makes you go do other stuff that yeah. way. Yeah. And there's plenty of green space nearby. Like right now the kids are 10. So we'll go throw the ball around on some of the Mecca land mm -hmm. or yep. uh, even next to the, um, um, uh, sorry, the um, Holland Center. There was a nice piece of land there too. So, you, and they keep it up. <laughs> you mentioned the Mecca, which is the uh, folks who draw the talent into the city. Do you help drive or do, do the developers help drive Mecca or does, does Mecca help drive the development? Well, Mecca is the board that runs the convention center arena. Mm -hmm. And uh, to me, I felt that the best thing about our philanthropic that we've done is they hire the best people to build them, design them, 
and make everything happen. If I wish we had another half an hour, I could talk about the steel house itself. Oh yeah. That's going to be flexible. It is how interesting it is. There's, it's going to be so um, usable for so many different reasons because it was thought through by the right people designed by the right Mm. people. And our philanthropic community just really knows how to invest in the, to get Mm. those buildings built. But on top of that, they've always hired the best people to run these things. You know, Roger Dixon has been at the the helm of the Mecca or at the CHI since its inception. Still. Yeah. And um, he's still running it. He's doing an incredible job. Joan Squires um, over at the Holland Center. She's remarkable. I mean, it's almost taken for granted now that we get the best Broadway shows in the country right here in Omaha. Mm -hmm. And, And now, you know, and it is should be taken for granted to some degree because, you know, it's supported and people do it and people buy the tickets and show up. On the other hand, to have the level of expertise to bring in and all that is really just remarkable. Well, and the fact that, I mean, they've been there for, you know, decades, over decades. I mean, like, they're obviously doing an exceptional job. The leadership here in Omaha for those kind of facilities are not to say reinventing themselves, but staying on the cutting edge of everything. Like, they're staying ahead of the pace of the people to bring consistently great entertainment to the city and uh, I mean, those are the people you get to work with all the time that you're kind of a you know, phone click away to kind of be in contact with as well. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm just always impressed yeah. by every time they turn a corner with a new project. I mean, go look at the Gene Leahy Mall, this oh, new $300 awesome. million dollar park. Yeah. It's, I can't tell you how many people were there mm-hmm. this weekend. Now, this was the first nice day. Yeah. But yeah. on the other hand, we were there every weekend for the most part. Mm-hmm. And it's, always crowded. Yeah. Even in the dead of winter, there's people walking around down there. Yeah. Um, it's just a remarkably attractive space mm-hmm. to want to hang out. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it really is awesome. They've done a great job. Yeah. I've been there a couple of times with our uh, girls as well. And, and there's still two thirds of it left to open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which is great. Yeah. They, My kids are looking down there on the riverfront. There's these egg shaped whatever yeah. things to, to climb around yeah. in yeah. rocket ships. Yeah. Our kids are yeah, calling yeah, yeah. it and they just can't wait to go down there. Oh, so that's cool. We'll be the first ones that the, our kids were the very first ones to play on the playground. Because uh, <laughs> it opened it. at Friday morning at seven o'clock yeah. and we got wind of it the night before we were like, walking Let's go down out. there. Yeah. So we showed up and we were the first ones in line, but it was raining. So that helped. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but we were there and we did it. So Made we want to try to keep that record going for the rest of the parks. That's <laughs> cool. That's cool. So you've lived in Omaha your entire life. Yes, I was born um, right here in Omaha. Big family. Second oldest of six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots big, of cousins. Yeah. Lots big, of good family here. Yeah. Are you the only one uh, in the real estate space? Yep. Yeah. I am. Okay. Mm-hmm. Were yeah. you kind of the renegade? Like, what was it like growing up with six kids, big Catholic household, I'm assuming, and just Irish Catholics just yeah. running around on, on the city of Omaha back then? Exactly. We're a good Irish Catholic family like the rest of them. We had six kids and all my cousins had four or five or six or seven. And uh, so for the most part, though, I grew up at Christ the King. And at the time when it was the big new school, three or four classes per grade, hundred in a grade. And, um, you know, like St. Pat's of Elkhorn is now or some of these other uh, new new uh, Catholic schools out in West Omaha. But yeah, that's what we grew up like. And it was in the 70s. And, uh, you know, we had a good life. And that's awesome. um, You know, we were blessed. Yeah, that's cool. What uh, what does your parents do or what for work when you were growing up? Uh, my mom's been the homemaker. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. now turning 90 and, uh, oh. she finally moved out of the house a couple of years ago into an assisted living yeah. and she's in a care place now. And, um, but my dad was an attorney, uh-huh. uh, and a lobbyist more importantly. And he hmm. was, um, they were all politicians, my dad and all his brothers in the seventies. If you go back, my uncle was a juvenile judge. My dad was a lobbyist and a lawyer. 
and he was on the Board of Regents of the University of mm -hmm. Nebraska. And uh, that was a real good uh, perk because we got to go to bowl games all the time. That's awesome. When we were young kids. That was where your average uh, Irish Catholic big family, you couldn't afford to go on vacation. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. we were lucking out and going to these big places yeah. because of the university. Connection. And um, then my other uncle or was a developer, uh, actually, and um, a lawyer. And then aunts were married. I'm sure then. it makes for some uh, interesting dinner conversations with those people that are plugged in the community like that when you're back in the day. Like, just Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah I go out to lunch with a lot of my cousins from time to time, and we have a biannual thing, too, that we'll get together. The whole a, family? The whole, yeah. All the cousins and stuff, yeah. That's awesome. Some are out in Long Pine, and a lot of them are kind of sprinkled around the country, but most of them are around here. Oh, that's cool. Pretty pretty homegrown. Have you um, come back from, like, your dad's upbringing, your mom, mom being a homemaker? I mean— what did you see, like, or what did you observe from your parents that, you know, led you to just kind of stay on the path? Because real estate is pretty unrelenting. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it, it is not uh, going to cater to your emotions. It's like, hey, you got <laughs> to be true. thick and thin. You know, you got to stick through it or else it, you just got to go the different direction. Like, what was that like? It's the old saying, chicken one night, feathers the next. That's what, <laughs> that's what real estate can be like. So um, true. So, yeah, my mom was a school teacher originally, but then when you had that many children back then, of course, that's when she became the homemaker that she was. And uh, But my dad was an attorney by trade, but he was also quite entrepreneurial, I think, for mm -hmm. the most part, in the way he went about his business, too. And, uh, you know, they were farmers from Baird, Iowa, and uh, hard work. That's really what it all came down to. We all got to see what hard work means mm -hmm. and working long hours and yeah. putting in the effort, but also being committed to the community. My dad was, uh, did a lot of social and charitable things mm -hmm. and my mom, but for the most part, being committed to the community and trying to make things happen. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause the betterment for yourself is also the betterment of yeah. where you live and work. Mm -hmm. So you're a father of twins and we have young kids as well. Ours, we have girls, mm -hmm. but the one thing my wife and I talk about all the time is, we did, we both, our parents, my dad's self-employed. Uh, my mom worked for the government uh, for the most part of her life. And like, she used to be a door-to-door -door salesman selling a uh, world book down oh, like, in rural communities of Nebraska. Really? So she remembers like going down like farm, uh, mile long driveways of farmhouses, having a book in her hand, trying to sell a world book door-to-door. -door. And wow. she had a, won a car and everything. She was great. Oh, she was a good sales Yeah, That's she was awesome. great. But, you know, as we get, I heard something the other day is basically my, our generation is like 30 somethings. We're going to be one of the first generations of, of kids that have affluent parents as uh -huh. per se, like the bottom, like blue collar world. Like we have a, a pretty want for nothing kind of world. And I'm just kind of curious from your disposition of, you know, uh, older dad, younger kids, how have you guys uh, tried to show that or what, you know, or instill mm -hmm. that as a parent? Like, you know, cause I'm talking to my daughter. I'm like, you're trying to, how do they visualize or see that in your daily activities? Do you guys ever talk about that? My wife and I talk about it all the time. Yeah. So just curious. We do. And I think um, a lot of people recognize it. I'm not sure everybody's talking about it. Yeah. But the reason I'm here, Tyson, is you coached our boys yeah. in yeah, basketball yeah, yeah. this year. And yeah. they rocked it. Yeah, we they a lot won. of development. Uh -huh. that was good. And I think they lost in the final game. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. they also played for their grade school, Pius, yeah. and they mm -hmm. ended up winning the championship oh, cool. there. Yeah, and that was a big thing. Oh, that's nice. awesome. Um, so that was uh, – but anyways, you were a good coach. And oh, we appreciated you. it. You and thank your brother. You. Got lucky. Yeah. They, yeah, we did get lucky. Yeah. And um, anyhow – um, you know, that's a tough question and we do think about it a lot, but it really comes down to, you know, family mm -hmm. and it comes down to, you know, respect and it comes down to, you know, watching what you do for hard work. Mm -hmm. My wife, Sigrid, she's a 
hardworking banker. She's yeah. been a banker in her life, you know, and so we just make sure that we make a point that we don't have to make a point. We just show it's mm-hmm. kind of in our nature to yeah. work hard, yeah. save money. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember Sigrid sharing a story about her family when they're, she was quite young and their family had their mortgage burning party because, oh, yeah. you know, the family paid, paid off, off their mortgage oh, at their house. And um, th- that, I remember hearing that story from Sigrid and so did she. So we do make a point to yeah. talk about not being in debt and doing yeah. things. And we only spend money that if we need it. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, we also want to make sure that we're not too cheap. Yeah. And if there is a, a sport or something yeah. that they're really invested in, mm-hmm. we do do it right. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we have, we have hand-me-downs. Yeah, <laughs> right. Boys go to uh, like crazy. cousins. Yeah. We pick stuff yeah. up. Yeah. And uh, so they recognize the value of a dollar. And yeah. it's, it is kind of almost that simple that it's going to come whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, I know the nature of where you guys came from yeah. too, that it's going to be kind of ingrained in there, yeah. but you can't take it for granted. Right. Is, right. Uh, my opinion. Can never be too far away. I mean, you're always on the, the, mm-hmm. you know, the spectrum of where that's at, you know? And I think that's, that's interesting. I appreciate sharing that. That's it. And I, behind the scenes story too, when I first got the Marine Corps, I flew back to Omaha and I actually met with Mike Oh, we're telling us 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because I was looking for a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I knew I wanted to be in real estate. And he met you and he was like, no way. Yeah, basically. (laughs) There's no way. He's like, I appreciate your service, but you're (laughs) in a different class, buddy. We got to wait wait a little while. But it was really great because I was always fascinated by the growth and development of Shamrock Development. Yeah, And I was like, this is so cool what it's doing for the community. I was really big. I I believe in the development of where you're at. You know, you you grow where it's where you're watered, you know, yeah, where you water it. So. And Mike was un, unconcerned about just taking some time and like talking to me and seeing that, well, what are you looking for? How can I help? I'll share my story uh, and then take it once at a time. And that was really, uh, I just really appreciate just the uh, humility of it. You know, and I was really grateful that. That is a total common trait of people that are at the top of their game. <laughs> totally. I'm dead serious. It is like Thank every you. person, like when I first got into real estate, it's similar experience. I only reached out to like the top of the top mm-hmm. and they all, not all, but most of them gave me some time even 15 20 minutes and like Mm -hmm. now realizing that i'm like god that was huge oh man so that's probably like you remember that from 10 years ago with you so that's like a yeah that's a cool thing that's why those people you went to see (laughs) are at the top they're wanting to give back they're leaders and they want to see things happen and uh at the time like shamrock we only we still only have like two or three people work at the company we're the king of outsource yeah Uh, Yeah. because i like to build buildings and i like to design things and be in the middle of things i'm not really big on managing a big company so shamrock itself mm -hmm. only has how many employees three you and one of them Yes. So two other than you. <laughs> Everything else, bookkeeping, lawyers, wow. architects, wow. designers. Um, you know, That's we, cool. uh, awesome, it's all outsourced with people that are and local. We we're committed. We right. like to do it locally and stuff, mm-hmm. but, uh, we're um, small but mighty. I've had more employees like during the Capital District. Yes. We had four or five. Yeah. And uh, but for the most part, we're kind of a rifle approach. I don't have a big uh, monster to feed like a company that needs three million dollars a year to yep. make the payments make and the payroll and all keep that stuff. payroll yeah. and stuff. And so um, it, it works out pretty well. That uh, I feel like that's the for, way to do for it. what we're doing yeah. and what we like to do. Yeah. So. Well, and I think it it limits your amount of emotional capital too. You can invest. I mean, like I the say, mental, the yeah. mental part yeah. of it, when you're handling th- your three, a small intimate team, you're going to go, you know, contract with the best, of the best in the area. And you just, they, they, you know, they're on their game and they gotta be, they have to, they have to, yeah. they have to own up to their, the people who are hiring them yeah. versus being in the machine of their own company. Well, we got, we got to do all the HR pieces. You kind of alleviate that yeah. and outsource it in a good way. 
it's, you know, and we've never smart. really been big on having, um, we've had a couple interns over the years and stuff, but the problem was I just didn't think we were set up to really properly give someone a good experience. Mm. Ah, wow. Um, and so, you know, to come in and say, Oh, follow me around, you yeah. know, that's not going to yeah. be that much fun. Yeah. But if you have the right at the right time when we needed it, we did give some good that's cool. experience for some people. Yeah. But right now, um, once again, we're, we yeah. don't really have any interns or anything. So what's um so you've been doing this since 1987 1996 incorporated stuff what are you super excited about from the city of Omaha standpoint and development that's moving like forward. you know yeah moving forward Well um I this Jean Leahy Mall thing is you know they truly what it's are awesome. these changing things mm -hmm. that are happening or the game changers I guess what is the term that people like to use for sure the Jean Leahy Mall was far and away I remember when the architect came to town I was talking to them and this thing and he's like uh god you know we go to some of these towns we struggle to raise 10 million dollars and they hadn't even started on this and already had 250 million dollars in like wow. four or five checks that's four or five people writing 50 million a piece to make this happen that's to take amazing. the step that they did from where it was to where it's going to be it would should have taken 30 years should have taken 30 years instead three wow four wow. you know it's just uh, why do you think that is huge why do you think that's the case here you know, I think we're blessed with two things. Very, very capable, smart, entrepreneurial minded um, uh, donors yep. and um, philanthropic community. They're yep. really smart. They run their the biggest businesses. They're the best. They're committed. They also have a commitment to their community. Mm -hmm. But on also, it doesn't hurt that they're all extremely wealthy. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I, I want to call this. You know, you yeah. got to call it uh, the truth. But in the end, you know, you've seen a lot of money get thrown away at projects in some cities that are just terrible and just yeah. wasted. Yeah. But that doesn't happen here. They some of it goes to waste, but for the most part, they like to invest in things that, that wouldn't happen by itself or that, that would make such an impact. Mm -hmm. And I, I just can't tell you. I mean, of all the things I've seen from the. Convention Center Arena, which was another just a great game changer at the time it happened, and uh, all the other development that occurs around it. Exarban like Village is a really nice yeah. big game changer. I think it really awesome has come place. together well. Mm -hmm. And um, Midtown Crossing now from Omaha to downtown, and that's where that streetcar line yeah. will run, and that's going to be a, a mm -hmm. big major, um, that'll be the next major mm -hmm. A thing that you'll see both on the philanthropic side, but mostly just on the economic development side. And physically, it's, it's tangible. Or I feel like the park is almost more of a culture piece. Like you're trying to create a culture downtown. Yeah. It's not, yeah. It's not true, profiting it's money, true. right? It's, right. It's, it's, a, it's an open space to the public. But what that draws in is it helps build the culture that part kind of creates. Totally. It creates Absolutely. that active urban space. That it's we a good really point. I never thought of that. That yeah. is a great point though. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Just a random question on like, <clears throat> when there's giant donors for projects like that, is that stuff like public? Who generated the money? Or do they keep that as usually like a hush hush? Like we don't want people to know. Because I've never seen anything about who did it, who donated. You know what I mean? Well, I'm not one of them, right. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, regardless, um, we um, there. There's a group called Heritage Services, which mm -hmm. is a group of uh, philanthropic people that have yep. uh, formal meetings and formal uh, organization. But it is kind of quiet. Yeah, and they kind of work together with their own. But once they get an idea from either on the outside or the inside, and they'll work through it as best as they see fit and they'll bring in the right people too. Oh, wow. You know, we've also got cool. some of the world renowned architects and engineers and uh, things like that. And that's like, I was talking about Shamrock outsourcing. 
if we don't know what we're doing, we can go find the right people to do it. Totally. <laughs> and yeah. they're, they're out there, especially with what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not splitting atoms is right. a thing I like to say. This is, you know, you just got to go find the right people to do it and lead it. Mm-hmm. We have incredible leaders on that philanthropic side and they happen to have a lot of money. That's mm-hmm. cool. It's awesome actually. Yeah. Which probably caused them why they were so much leaders yeah. exactly. to make right. so much money. Yeah, totally. From the, um, from Shamrock development side as being the CEO founder, like what, what it would be, if, hey, five years from now, you're like, we can really hang our hat on this next piece. Because these aren't small projects that you've done. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking and about, I imagine they take multiple, multiple years. Yeah, I mean, just the to do each project. Past, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Capital District was Massive. 10, 12 years of work. Oh, that, yeah. And right. uh, just, uh, plus, that was just to get it open, you know. Right. Yeah. And uh, that's that was quite a journey. And uh, we're very proud of that. I mean, the, the way amazing. that all yeah. came together and stuff, it, it was really interesting on the financial side as well as on the development side and all the other things. I think our Marriott was the only Marriott-branded full-service hotel to open that year we did it. Really? So that was uh, uh, yeah. 2019. All across the country, yeah. That was world. right on the beginning of COVID, mm-hmm. and like people were seeing it. was. It was yeah. actually yeah. about a year, a little before that. But yeah. the point was it was just that full-service segment. What do you mean? What do you mean full service? Like Like a Marriott with a ballroom and all the meeting Mm. space, restaurant and stuff, you know, they, that's versus nowadays people are doing smaller scale hotels. Like a courtyard or Mm -hmm. a Hilton garden Inn or some of those, uh, those are called limited service Mm -hmm. and things like that. Now there's some hybrids of that too, but to have a full ballroom and uh, all the meeting space and all the other stuff to go along with it. That was uh, the Marriott brand, but. And obviously maybe saw an opportunity there with the amount of business that the Hilton was doing. Is that mean is that would that be fair to say? Like, cause they're not, cause they're full service, right? I think the opportunity started with, uh, we knew that the city wanted to see more hotel rooms in the area. And mm, this is right okay. outside my house. And yeah. I knew what we're doing and I kind yeah. of felt what we wanted to do. And so, uh, I think that the reason that we were awarded is cause we went to Marriott and Marriott had committed to our project wow. and they wanted to see another hotel and Marriott was okay. the best brand. Yeah. So, you know, you play your cards right too and stuff, but we were able to produce it too. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of people thought, well, like, who is this guy and mm-hmm. what 250 million, you know I mean? This yeah, is, totally. uh, but you know, we had had a good enough track record in the past, and I think people trusted that we were going to do what we said. Yeah. Um, and uh, but we never committed that, you know, it would have to go through the journey and its process. Yeah. Which it did, and we were quite successful. Ten to twelve years focusing on that. Do you focus on other projects while you're doing that, or is that just a full decade of that? Well, project? that one, I we we did the fifteen one apartment building over on Jackson. We okay. also did the Barker Historic Rehab okay. during mm-hmm. that as well too. Okay. So. Um, so some other s- smaller quote on air quotes, big time air yeah, quotes yeah. there yeah. projects, <laughs> big smaller projects comparatively. Well, they were just things that were in our wheelhouse and yep. that what we were doing and things. And we have a couple of buildings, Papillion. We also have some investments near the airport hmm. um, and stuff like that. That uh, so we have a little bit of a diversity now. But yeah. for the most part, when we wake up in the morning, we think about doing urban development. Yeah. Right now, we're working on the Key Line building at Seventeenth and Harney, yep. and um, it was it's just a beautiful old building, and the family that owned it was more into the residential side. So it, I don't want to say neglected, it's just time for someone else yeah. to come yeah. along, give it a new life. Different and so use. we bought that in August and uh, it's a private office community. We're rebranding it. It's a bunch of small single offices. So counselors, lawyers, um, yeah. entrepreneurs. Okay. And uh, so we make like a, almost a co-working type space. 
Yeah, we were joking that it's like uh, we work without the free beer and ping pong. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll have like private office. You could shut your door and work. Omaha, yeah. you know, yeah. you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, it seems fun to go sit in a room and hang out, but you, you got to work. work bro. You got to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So 100%. our door is shut and yeah, uh, yeah. you can open our it door and shut. <laughs> get to know the neighbors. And uh, so it's, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. it's a unique environment. That's that, cool. And, but it's also affordable, which this part of downtown, it was important with the new um, um juvenile detention center and all that yep. court system being put in that there's a lot of support that would need to be near that. And so we're able to do it at a really affordable cost. Like you can rent an office down there for three fifty to 400 bucks. Oh, that's awesome. Super affordable. And get access yeah. to some of the things. Yeah. Yeah. And the networking of being in the building, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. We, we're, we like to see that happen. We're going to yeah. encourage it. It's, yeah. it's, it has to kind of be organic. It does. Yeah, you term, can't but, force it, but you can lay out a foundation to sure. encourage it. And so we are, and we're doing that too. How much, uh, or do you do much other than just kind of word of mouth uh, market research are you doing to make sure that these have are kind of vetted opportunities? Well, that's funny. I always joked that I wish we would have built like a sixplex and a 12plex and 24 and 72 and soon have 15,000 apartments yep. in that one segment. Right. But instead, we have done condominiums, we've done offices, we've done mixed use, we did a hotel, we've done all these different mountains to climb. And uh, so now, you know, we have enough experience on both what the products are and what the mm -hmm. things going and basically I live down there. Yeah. My team Dan England and Marinda Collins, we're all office downtown we're committed to it so it's it's easier for us now after all these years yeah. to be able to kind of pick the goal mm -hmm. and then go make it happen that's super it's awesome cool. that he knows uh the first name and last name of every staff member he has at his company do you hear that yeah. Yeah. it's like rattles it off just like all, that all that, that deep roster <laughs> that deep roster <laughs> yeah, just right. rattles them off no uh, we deal. got some other good support around us right now baron yeah. commercial is helping us out oh, on yeah, the management and the leasing of yeah. the key line they did okay. a good job yeah. and help us acquire it mm -hmm. as well and uh, leo daly architects and lund ross constructors they're the uh, people that are helping us mm -hmm. it's a historic rehab and it's got tiff and other tax mm -hmm. things along with it so just because yeah. i've done a, other investment deals much smaller and we do a lot of like residential investment stuff, Good. but just have the structure. So you're going in, let's say you find this building or the, any kind of building, let's say it's a $300 million building. How do you go about, okay, how are we going to acquire this? Do you acquire it with debt, cash, investors? How do you guys go about that part of it? You know what I mean? I do. Does it vary? And uh, that's kind of every... I've had some really good partners and yep. um, in some of my projects. And uh, so you learn from them and their successes, but also... Um, for the most part, each one's different. Yeah. And, um, you know, like right now, this key line one is mostly bank financing. And then yep. usually the whole is worth more than the sum of the parts. Okay. So yeah. and if it costs you $10 million to do something, theoretically, it's going to be worth 12 or 13 million yep. when you're done with it. Yep. And um, that's where you can then leverage some of that. On the other hand, we don't like to over leverage. So we, which we've done in the past, everybody yep. has in some degree, but regardless, um, then you can uh, set it up with investors at different levels. Mm -hmm. But we use, um, We've used all kinds of seller financing. Uh, I'm sure you've done programs. that too. TIFF. Yep. Yep. Yeah. TIFF yeah. and uh, EB5 financing, which is a foreign investor financing hmm. uh, in the hotel at the Marriott. And uh, we've done two or three historic transactions, which are historic tax credits okay. and things like that. But there's a lot of interesting things. And my partner, Dan England, is really. Um, really good at that and understanding it and researching them and, and following it and keeping it all on his head to the point now where it's like, okay. Yeah. You do you your know, thing. You, you do that and tell me <laughs> and I'll do what I do, but yeah. you know, we, uh, we lean on each cool. other. 
So you, would you say you have more of the create the creative big vision and Dan offsets that or not just that complements that in a way where he's a lot more analytical dialing into more of the numbers and then the nuance. I think we're both, I think like I was saying, we're both kind of, uh, we both have our strengths. Yeah. The, where it's overlapped because we're busy, we kind of did let it happen and fall that way. Yeah. Dan's very creative and smart, but he's applied it towards yeah. financing uh, and stuff, structures and mm -hmm. financing where I'm the one that, uh, you know, my family doesn't like me to drive because I'm always looking at stuff and yeah, paying attention or whatever. I bet. I bet. <laughs> so I'm the one that might envision the beginning yes. physical things, but then we just collaborate well. And yeah. of course it can't happen without Marinda. Marinda's very detailed and understanding and project manager at our okay. company to help keep track of the day-to-day -day details. So okay. she's an implementer. She, she systematizes everything. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And Somebody like me can be very frustrating for Same. Dan and Miranda totally. because of uh, the way I see the world. <laughs> and uh, we have young kids now, too. So I used to work from 730 in the morning till 630 or 7 at night. And, uh, you know, now I'm lucky to get 9 to 4. Yeah. And then we get it. We have we get uh, it, a man. water bottle off somewhere yeah. or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. I got, a, I got an interesting question that I've been thinking about this whole time. And that is, I always picture things like whenever you were, young Mike was going around trying to get into his first property. It almost feels to me like it's not impossible, but extremely hard to do that same thing nowadays. If you were that age again in this in this current environment, you exist. So you have someone else that's kind of a big player in town. You got other big players in town, probably. How do you get started in commercial development? You know what I mean? Like, is that even possible today for a single like younger person to do that? For the most part, you it's um, it is, and um, you know any entrepreneurial minded person is going to have a little bit of a leg up, okay? Because totally, yeah. when you know when it's your passion and you're thinking about it and you're focused on it, all of a sudden just opportunities and ideas and mm -hmm. things just start flowing, mm -hmm. and um, but you know for the most part you know, you got to go find some people that will trust you and yeah. will invest in you either with their committing to letting you buy their property. Yeah. I, the, the first building I bought, I didn't get bank, bank financing. Right, you did seller finance nobody, No lender wanted to lend money in a building yeah. at 10th and Dodge. Right. So I did a seller financing yeah. on it because they just wanted to get out from underneath of the maintenance of it. And, yeah. you know, they believed in me that I was going to do it. And the people that were involved <laughs> in it really didn't know much about me, but knew enough that I was committed mm. to making it happen. So you got to earn the trust of a lot of the people around you. Yep. And that's mm. usually a, a good step. Totally and sense. then just watch what they do and learn what they do. I take a class in Chicago quarterly. I fly to Chicago every quarter for the last 20 some years. It's called Strategic Coach. Mm. And it's an entrepreneurial training program. And because I have a small company, it has helped me grow and make sure I'm looking beyond and making things happen. And so just going out there every quarter and uh, they give you homework and they do homework, but for a lot of times I don't do it. I just go learn, just go there that day and pay attention. And I kind of get my homework done there and it sets me up for the next quarter, but you got to, awesome. I'm huge on, I'm a CCIM certified mm -hmm. commercial investment member, yep. which is a real estate designation. And um, I'm just a huge um, proponent of investing in uh, yourself. Yes. Totally. And, um, we are too. and uh, if you have enough confidence in yourself, other people will see that too. So what is uh talking about kind of starting, you know, starting a new, what is something today you were proven wrong about from the past? Like, yeah, I had an idea when I went into this. And I thought it was gonna be a lot like this or something that you knew to be true back then, but today is like, that's no longer true anymore. That doesn't, doesn't apply. Something you've learned along the way. Maybe what kind of, what kind of came that what comes to mind? Uh, I don't know. That's a very interesting question. I'm not sure I really have one because I think the fundamentals of, 
you know, gratitude, mm -hmm. respect, hard work, mm -hmm. you know, the paradigm changes, yeah. but it's still about earning your way, mm -hmm. proving your self. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know if I'm answering your no, question. No, no, I did. Exactly yeah, right. That's but, a great. um, like just the way things happen in the economy and the world right now are similar, but the people that are making the successes are the ones that are working smarter and harder mm -hmm. and are committed mm -hmm. and, uh, and they're, you know, entrepreneurial. When you uh, mentioned kind of getting first into this stuff, my dad was a uh, self-employed guy for uh, over 30 some years, but he moved back to Kearney and he was trying to market his business, a private investigator. And he was <laughs> grinding away, working full-time as a manager of a hotel, parents or the family was living in the hotel. But he, a guy in town was a lawyer, took a risk on to be a private investigator for this case. And that like blew up his, not blew up, but definitely got the wheels moving in a right direction. From word of mouth from that attorney? From that attorney. Yeah. And I'm just kind of curious, who did you run into early in your career mm. that helped you really set wheels in motion? Yeah. And what was that relationship like? Um, that's interesting. I, uh, so when I came, came back in, in spring break, my senior year, I met with PJ Morgan, mm -hmm. who owned the PJ Morgan company. Yeah. And I met, uh, Lund company, mm -hmm. or John Lund. All still in existence today. I yeah. Still working, uh -huh. yeah. And a guy named Roger Haney, Roger Haney Land Corp. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he was a family friend too. And I, I remember his sage advice was kind of like what I was saying is like, I'm not really set up to be able to train you, but it's a great business and it's about details. And he talked about kind of some things we've already talked about today and, uh, hard work and paying attention, but he had a small company too, but he, when, when the industrial, all the industrial buildings downtown that I ended up buying later, <laughs> when they were leaving downtown and going out to the Cornhusker Industrial Park from 84th, 70, 42nd, all the way out to 108th, you know, all those new industrial buildings were all happening at the same time. Roger was the broker that uh, made all that stuff happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So while it was fleeing out of downtown, it was still making economic development occur mm -hmm. on a more modern scale for industrial uses. And um, so I just remember sitting down with him and him leading the way. And then I worked for Lund for two or three years and I learned a lot there. Mm -hmm. And um, then I switched over to Investors Realty mm -hmm. and I was with them for 25 years in some sort of affiliation. Mm -hmm. And um, I've always been grateful that they really truly had a, um, a foundation built on respect, mm -hmm. appreciation, hard work mm -hmm. and entrepreneurial kind yeah. of an attitude because you, you we actually paid rent there as a broker so we got a higher cut of our splits mm -hmm. so it really brought in some people that were workers yeah and uh but the amount of respect and uh effort that they put into each one of the people individually it's just a unique place and yeah. uh, i've always been felt lucky that i was mm -hmm. got into investors real at time with steve farrell rj neary yeah. jerry heinrichs was my mentor one of my mentors there as well. Those are still operating too. So I'd say those are probably the, <laughs> that's awesome. the biggest things, but um, you know. Yeah. Huh. That's cool. I'm always impressed. I think that's, I think people have a misnomer. There's so much social media out now and, and you see the kind of tip of the iceberg of people's stories. True. And I think it's really cool that you have to have that. You have to have this uh, brevity. Like it kind of comes full circle that, yeah, you might, you might finally arrive and then it, the spotlight's on you, but you never were given you never were given that. It's always like, hey, somebody gave me a shot and I just I just made sure it didn't fall. You know, like I, I it wasn't a handout, it was a hand up, and I am forever grateful, you know, or something yeah. like that. Steve yeah. Harvey wrote a book, and I don't remember if the name of the book oh, Act Like It's Success, Think Like Success was the name of the book. But in one of the chapters in the book that I remember is um there is no self-made man. 
No, yeah. And it's all about how you always have someone that's helping you along the way, no matter what. Very, very true. So true. And gratitude is something that can really change your life when you have a really Mm -hmm. good idea of how lucky you are and how, you know, people earn their own luck. I'm a true believer of that too. However, when you have a gratitude for the people and some of the things that happen, it's a good thing. Totally. That's cool. And uh, another, this class I was taking, one of my coaches was commenting about how the um, enemy of thriving is arriving. And you use that word arriving. Okay. They're very big on this. You're not, you never arrive. If you've arrived, that means you're done. Right. (laughs) It's like death starts to set in then. uh, A little bit, but I mean, you can still change the paradigm, but your future needs to be bigger than your past. And so you always got to be looking at something down the road. Mm -hmm. And once you feel like you've quote arrived, then, you know, you can be confident and successful Mm -hmm. and proud or whatever. But if you've arrived and you're kind of rolling up the sidewalks, then. Totally. It's fine to do, but you just got to yeah. recognize that that's what you're doing. <laughs> and the, run, the runway is much shorter. It's like mm-hmm. a, a lot house. of companies hang on too long, yeah. not knowing that they're that's a good point. arrived and huh. rotting away really for cool. that matter. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> but I don't mean real estate companies yeah. necessarily. Just no, no, company, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right, though. I like that. That's that's uh, of thri- yeah, enemy of thriving. If you're not growing, you're slowly dying, yeah. dying for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's a lot of new, great real estate companies in town here that are young and they're oh, entrepreneurial yeah. Yeah. and yeah. they uh, learn something and they're focused on what they're doing. And that's the biggest thing is if you find something and you run with it. Um, and to, and they've stop. derived from the other bigger houses that are local. Like, a lot of them have. Like they've, they've branched off and, you know, I can do this, but I think that's a kind of 100% a, uh, uh, validation of the process of like what investors are doing and like, you know, uh, like Oak Oak Cap, you know, or uh, Oak uh, Prop, or yeah, Oak Real Estate. John Heine. John Heine. Yeah, I mean, those guys have come from the big shops, and they're like, "Hey, I I can I can do this on my own terms, and there's enough sunshine for everybody." Like, yeah. That's what's cool. It's like I'm not here to take them business from them. I'm here to like, continue to grow what I'm already doing and help other people along the way. Like I don't think it's a it's a discredit to companies when they break away. I think it's a credit. It's a credit to them that you're building amazing leaders. Well said. I agree. I couldn't agree more. And uh, that's why I've always felt lucky about um, Investors Realty. They always were encouraging me to yeah. do what I was doing and stood behind me and stood mm-hmm. with me. And um, I, I kept my name on the masthead till they finally ran out of room. They called yeah. up when they were moving out to their new office. Area. Steve's like, hey, Mike, uh, we're kind of running out of room with people. We're, I, I think we're just going to have to take your name off. But I hadn't been to a sales meeting <laughs> two or three or four years. Yeah. <laughs> so it was fair. Yeah. Uh, but my point was that uh, I have a lot of gratitude mm-hmm. uh, yeah. towards what they did and how mm-hmm. they supported me mm-hmm. and, uh, and encouraged me and appreciated it. How so do you, right. uh, for as busy as you are and as, in, and as in, I would think, ingrained in the process that you have to be to get these things to the finish line. How do you balance uh, social, family, business, uh, you know, philanthropy, as well as just being a kind of a figurehead in the community with people kind of, you know, wanting your ear all the time? How do you balance that? Well, it's easier now because I'm an older father (laughs) (laughs) and um, I've done, I've been doing this for quite a few years. So I'm able to kind of pick the things that I'm committing to and what I want to do. And they're more family related Mm -hmm. to, but also just some other things that we've been close to over the years. Q's is an organization that we're Christian urban education services, which is the three uh, Catholic schools in Omaha that need the most support. Mm -hmm. They're a great group and a sacred heart church is uh, where my wife and I were married and our kids were baptized. And that's where we consider our parish and um, the heart ministry center is part of that. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, St. Pius, our kids go to Pius. Yep. We're starting to pay more attention to that. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot easier when you're older, and um, I can 
I can focus a little bit easier. Um, you know, it's not that I have less runway. I just have more. Um, I can look back farther and yeah. see what's yeah, that going totally on. Yeah, that totally makes but sense. It's wow. really prioritizing, you know, yeah. at whatever age you are. And mm -hmm. it's easier to prioritize is what I'm saying nice. um, after having the experience we have, both on the deals we're doing mm -hmm. as well as where we're focusing our family's that efforts. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Have you found your uh, efficiency of time is just even better now than it's ever been? Like much, oh, much, yeah. much easier. And um, also just confidence. I mean, I remember the, the first deal you did, yeah. I must have done 10 million spreadsheets, constantly scrubbing it, moving it back and forth. Right. Now we only do about a million. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Meaning yeah. there's still a lot, yeah. but the point is yeah. you kind of know where you're going and you're able to yeah. start from a template or whatever. And spreadsheets, just one example, but um, you know, we know who to call and what to ask for. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, we've earned some reputation around here too. So that usually gets a door open if we yeah. need it. Where I, when I was younger starting things, it's like, I had the, my knuckles were bare from yeah, for, the doors the, slamming on them. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. You brought up confidence. I'm, uh, I think that's such a psyche in itself of, uh, uh, you know, you did mention, Hey, I'm going to go propose this idea of Marriott, you know, 250, I don't know, quarter billion dollar project. Mm -hmm. And you're walking into a boardroom with their acquisitions and, you know, uh, department. What's that like? And where did you have, who did you have to be, you know, you kind of that maturation of your growth as a business owner to be able to get that meeting, you know, how, how would that process and just, you know, when I looked back on it, there was one person at Marriott that liked me. Mm -hmm. He liked Omaha mm -hmm. and he liked my project, maybe not in that order. Right. Okay. But the point was that we, you know, he really did appreciate, you know, and they were seeing hotels being built. They know what it took. Yeah. And uh, sometimes just having a young upstart, hardworking dude, uh, shake the tree mm -hmm. is you know something that they're attracted to mm -hmm. and i never misrepresented myself or right. my projects or our abilities or anything but i did uh make it clear that the foundation that we were setting was very solid mm -hmm. and we had the right people at the table mm -hmm. and it anything can topple it over right but for the most part we had a good foundation because you got to think that that guy who did like me and we still had a personal relationship calling each other from time to time and would meet after everything uh, when he moved on from Marriott too. But, um, you know, in the end that just, the, you, you got to set it up that they're not going to lose their job if they're willing to hang yeah. their hat on your deal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they got to go in and sell. Hey, I think this young dude from Omaha is going to make this happen. You yeah. know, he, he, we had to give him the information so he could say, this is why, not just because yeah. I think he's good. Mm. Um, or yeah, I didn't think, think of that because they want to keep their jobs too. If you can sell ice to an Eskimo, that comes with responsibility. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, great and point. My point was with Marriott, you need to go have your ducks in a row and mm -hmm. do some things. And yeah. uh, we also had the team. I go back to my outsourcing. Yeah. You know, we had Leo Daly. We had J.E. Dunn Construction. Mm -hmm. We had some of the biggest names, you know, Lamp Rainierson, yeah. Morrissey mm -hmm. Engineering, all these great mm -hmm. firms that were committed to us. Yeah. And that shows that we know what we're doing too. And I remember when we were putting our package together, we were throwing on some extra logos from companies. Yeah. To, you know, I mean, because it was important. It is. Because yeah. Shamrock didn't have its own logo right. at the time. Right. And right. you needed to have, we had our own logo, of course, but I mean, it didn't stand alone. Yeah. 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 So um, that's where I think that uh, it all comes along is, uh, uh, and we, I did believe that we were, yeah. Our project was solid and mm -hmm. we knew how to lead it. Mm -hmm. We didn't necessarily know everything of what we were doing, mm -hmm. but we knew how to lead it. Mm 
and make sure it would go in the right direction, both on the physical side of how the five buildings lay out there, mm -hmm. but also on the financial side. Yeah. Um, it was complicated to do that big of a pro It's not like one project and one loan. So each one of those buildings kind of had its own loan and they had to go to different levels and different types of lenders because mm -hmm. it was far and away the biggest hotel to be built in Omaha privately. Yeah. And then on the apartment building side too was one of the biggest new construction well, apartments in the world. So you had to have lenders and lawyers and yeah. lawyers insurance. and other people. Insurance. Big deal. Right? Exactly. So, um, you know, it was fun too. We, we like to make it fun so people want to... I mean, a huge learning too. I mean, that was something that's never really been done in Omaha—a collaborative space like that. Sorry, it never been not that that kind of uh, development has ever been done like that in Omaha. It hadn't, and uh, you know, since then there's been some other ones that yeah. have good. But um, yeah, it was because uh, Omaha is like not a New York or Chicago or top ten or twenty city. We're like yeah. sixty, yeah. and so you had to make it fit into midwestern lenders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Portfolio too, like yeah. okay, so we you know, we didn't just go to one bank. Right now, the hotel did occur because of First National Bank of Omaha. They were the first right. ones to call me after I was awarded the project, and they stuck with me the whole time. That's awesome. So that's another thing to have a, a bank as committed to the community. They saw how important wow. this was mm -hmm. uh, because of their involvement in the community, mm -hmm. but also the fact that their uh, financial structure yeah. stature was big enough to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, because the hotel was uh, kind of a complicated one. Uh, one thing I. I'll, I'll, and correct me if I'm wrong, because your experience is going to be a lot more vast than mine, but you just mentioned F uh, FMBO coming in on a major project, local bank that has grown from the dust of the Midwest, acquiring banks all over the country now, mainly in the Midwest. But they, you had a front, uh, a front seat with them. And a lot of times people don't understand that those kind of relationships exist, and they exist at every level. Like... Yes, this is a huge project, and it was a very intimate relationship you had to create with them to have that. But even somebody starting out, that still is a, is, a, is available. Like finding the person that will partner with yeah. you on that, mm -hmm. that it's not unreachable or unattainable. It's about just putting yourself out there. It's, it's, a, it's a dating game in a sense. Like, hey, you know, stick with me here. I, I, if we share the same belief, we can go infinitely farther than we, uh, together than we can apart. I think that's really important, even on a massive scale, as a, as a relationship that you had and a commitment to the community from the FMBO side, from your development side, what this is going to bring to the Omaha, that that, that belief in, in each other, as well as the, the project was, was instrumental to be able to have the funding to do it. I mean, that's, I think that's awesome. If you're trying, well, to, if you're trying to buy two or, three pro, uh, two or three rental houses and you have a bank that will take your phone call and it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a vice president commercial lender that's, mm -hmm. you know, hey... I saw this, you need, and they're kind of throwing in some two cents here. That's valuable, and that's not judgment. That's that's because I believe in you. That's a, that's a healthy availability. People forget that uh, character and relationships still matter for banking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's important. That's just a. That's what it made me think of the big, the big guy versus versus small guy. There's not very many degrees of separation based upon what you're doing. Your activities just on scale. Yeah, yeah. And it's people. Mm -hmm. Are these yep. big organizations are people? Yeah. You know, uh, when you're going in to see a guy or a gal or a person that is going to, you're trying to talk to about whatever, mm -hmm. you know, it's about a personal uh, commitment yeah. Yeah. and uh, talking about what happens. And then they got to take it throughout their organizations and stuff. But yeah, we're once again, this philanthropic community. And of course the Lawrence and family and first national bank has been at the top of it for generations. I mean, and if you go back to all the old things that even the seventies and the fifties, you'll see their name on, Stuff Gosh, like that, where amazing. some of the newer things are new names, new names yeah. but they're still, you know, it's a, it's a quite a legacy. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, without a doubt that, um, to have as big of 
organizations like that in Omaha. No other bank would have, I, like I couldn't have gone to U.S. or Bank of America right, or whatever no, to no, whatever. say, hey, uh, here, I'm this dude. Or yeah, Chase, I keep yeah. saying yeah. from Omaha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you got it. So having First National here to, was able to make that loan. Yeah. Right. And so that's um, a big, but big we have loan. a lot of good banks. Union yeah. Bank and Trust works with us. We've got three or four or five banks to, yeah. Uh, Core Bank's been very good to us as um, well, too. And they're now big enough and Omaha's big enough mm -hmm. that you can get a lot done on the local yeah. level, yeah. Uh, awesome. especially if you structure it properly. Yeah, right? yeah. and then yeah. it can help. I mean, there's there's times where you'll have a Pinnacle and a, and a FMBO together working together. You don't really think that. They're usually competing, but really right. they can partner and be even more lethal or more. Yeah. They do. They do yeah. a lot of uh, partnering. And yeah. it's big these days to spread awesome. the risk, especially on Makes bigger sense, deals. Though. Well, I'll tell you what, man, we really appreciate your time and coming yeah. in here and it's been awesome. I want to respect your time too. So I know you have a heart. Yeah. Yeah. This has been awesome. It's Mike, been thank you so yeah. much for well, thank you guys. the yeah, insight. This uh, is super cool. Being and, invited. Uh, I was honored to come out here and hang out. Yeah. yeah. Tyson taking yeah. our team to the, <laughs> take him to the champ. championship. <laughs> you got to win. Boys. You got to be winners, man. We be I owe him one. Yeah. They were yeah. winners. They yeah. were good winners. Yeah. Yeah. Where we started out, I mean, just like anything, you got to put in the time and it's yeah. consistent. It's about consistency. They did a good job. It's fun. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, again, really appreciate it, man. My Thanks pleasure. so much. Thank, Thank you very so. yeah. much. Appreciate Perfect, it. Man. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for watching the podcast. Really appreciate it. As always, if you got any real estate-related things that you need, this show is fully sponsored by our personal real estate business. Um, hit below where it says schedule a call with us. Get on our personal calendars. Call, text, email us, whatever's best for you. Happy to help you in any way we can on the real estate side of things. Thanks, guys. Peace.